welcome everyone to the latest edition of the TeachNet podcast. And today we are delighted to be joined by colleagues from Tipperary ETB. And you will get to meet them all in a few moments. And we are going to be talking about the use of artificial intelligence, specifically generative AI, in the world of further education and training. And at the end of last academic year, we had a very interesting podcast with John Heffernan and Teresa McGinley from Donegal ETB, where we asked them to share with us their thoughts about technology for the future. And both of them mentioned AI. And here we are, and we're talking about AI. So, John, from your perspective in Tipperary ETB, where do you see AI today and where do you see it going in the future? Michael, I, I think where AI is at the moment is a lot of people are just exploring it for the first time. They are looking to see how they can save some time within the workday and they're looking at tools that will enable them to do that. I think that in the future, it's going to have a more bigger impact probably on society where it's going to have an impact on the type of jobs that we do, how we do those jobs. And I do think it's very important that people are, are aware and informed and capable of using these tools to the maximum of their ability. Perfect, John. And today we're joined by three of your colleagues from Tipperary ETB. We have Esther Mackey and we have Amy Cullen and Susan Dunn. So I'm going to get each of them to introduce themselves as I talk to them. But I'm going to start with Esther. Esther, you're working in the literacy service. Can you tell us about your role and how you see AI and how it's being used at the moment? Esther. Thanks. I am the Adult Literacy for Life Coordinator for Tipperary and obviously literacy and particularly in the impact of artificial intelligence on it is of interest and concern to me at some level because the percentages in Ireland show that there are are quite a number of people who don't even have the digital skills. And to put artificial intelligence on top of that, you are talking about the potential of excluding quite a number of people in accessing information. Um, So as tutors, then, we need to be able to support the learners that we have to gain the skills and to be able to engage critically with the whole change in society that this has brought with it. And could you give me maybe an example, Esther, of how AI can impact on literacy for your learners? Are you thinking there about things like fake news and digital literacy? Absolutely, yes. Um, There would be definitely the danger of not knowing that something is fake and not being able to recognize it and the fear factor that comes with that for learners that may struggle with kind of decoding things in the first place and not be able to recognize whether there is a fake element attached to it. And then for tutors to be able to use, probably in a positive way, the other tools that AI brings with it, for instance, accessibility like translation and reading, making things more accessible in plain language. So there is not only the negatives, there is the positive that tutors can use to make information more accessible. So there, it kind of, it's a two-edged sword yes. if you want, because it has the positive yes. of all the applications, but it is to be able to use that effectively and critically that is, I guess, the challenge. 
Brilliant. And we'll come back to that in a, in a few moments. We'll, we'll have a chat about how and what are those, some of those tools that you're using there for accessibility. But I'm going to switch now to, I think, Susan and Amy, you're working in VITAS. Susan, will you tell us a little bit about the work you're engaged in? And I believe you're based in Carrick and Shore. Yes, Michael, um, I'm down in Carrick and Shore teaching the full-time business studies and employment skill courses at level four and five. Yeah, we kind of, again, have had an interest in technology and particularly AI since kind of last May. So we've started exploring a lot of the apps that we can use. We've introduced it into our teaching and learning plan for the year so that all the teachers here, the the three of us on full-time courses are exploring different apps and trying to introduce them into our teaching and with the students. And obviously this is a business course. So are you teaching the students about AI and how it could impact on the world of business? Because I know you mentioned there that you're using it uh, yeah, within your um, own teaching as in well. In parts of that, yeah, like communications, there's a research essay and the hope is that they will go into group work and they will look up the different generative AI tools that are out there and what that means for the social activities, you know, learning and different areas that it will impact on. So they were doing that as part of their research. So yes, definitely teaching them about it, but also teaching them how to use it and and to use it as part of different modules that they're doing throughout the year. And Susan, when you started doing this at the start of the academic year, did the students know much about this? There was a mix. There was some that had heard of ChatGPT in particular. I suppose there was the majority had never used it though. You know, they'd heard about it, but had not used it. And do they enjoy using it? Because I'm sure what you've just described there sounds to me like that they have to go off now and do a lot of the work and, you know, figure out, discuss, etc. Do they like that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it kind of gave a different aspect to it that it was that they saw it as emerging technology and something new. And they were interested, the majority of them, to get involved with it and to see what it meant. And um, so, yeah, I think it just, you know, came away from the norm a little bit. Yeah, no, no. And I suppose one of the things we're all trying to do with technology is to engage our learners. Amy, on that note there, just picking up on the idea of productivity, how have you been using generative AI and maybe some of the tools and some of the ways you've been using it for your own productivity? Yeah, of course. The biggest app that I've been using is probably Canva. Yeah. And they have just recently redesigned their AI tool in the app. And it's now called Magic Design. And it gives you the option to do loads of different things. So you can create presentations. And then within the presentation, you can like put in your yes. topic and it will give you back slides. And then you can use Magic Write within your presentation then and you can research your information. So I was looking at it the other day. I'm going to be teaching insurance after Christmas. And I was just researching um, the principles of yes. insurance. And it just gave me like a template for the PowerPoint and a different design for it. And then I was able to use Magic Write within Canva to actually give me back my information as well. And I was looking at it. There's another part on it called Magic Switch. And this is where from your PowerPoint, you can actually, it will change your PowerPoint into a document. And then from that, you could translate it into different Mm. languages. And I was looking at it. I'm an Irish teacher as well. And I was looking at it from an Irish perspective, and it was actually pretty accurate with the Irish as well. So okay. that was good to look at as well. There's a text mm. image section on nice. it as well, and you can literally type in anything. So I typed in, give me back a picture of a giraffe holding a birthday balloon with the number one on it. 
And after a few seconds, it came back with the image for me exactly. There was four different ones that I could choose from. So it's just amazing the different things that it can throw back to you in a few seconds compared to trying to research and develop them yourself. I can only imagine. And I know when I was chatting to you earlier, you're also using Magic School. Do you want to say a little quick word on that? Yeah, there's loads of different um, things on Magic School. So there's a YouTube video summarizer. So that will give you back a summary of any videos on YouTube. Now, I think closed captions does have to be on it for it to actually work so that they can go through the video and find out what it's about. And then there's also another part on Magic School that it will give you multiple choice questions based on your YouTube videos. There's a maths tool as well. Susan teaches maths um, in level four. And there's a maths tool on it where you can give in, like, say, a sample question and it will give you back more questions based on the maths topic that you've thrown in as well. It gives you multiple choice questions as well. It can create rubrics for you for correcting. There's a text leveler on it as well. There's also another interesting one on that is there's um, an AI tool that will make your assignments more AI resistant. So it will help the students. It will make your assignments more challenging, essentially. It will bring in different things like asking the students to put in their own opinions and stuff just so that it can become more resistant to AI so that you're not just taking the information from the internet and giving it back to you as well so I found that one was very good. We might come back to that in a minute. Esther I want to go back to you for a moment and in the literacy service what are the kinds of things that you're using I know you're a Microsoft the ETB is a Microsoft you're using the Microsoft tools so you might tell us a little bit about the tools and how you use them with your learners. There's a good bit of it already built into Microsoft. For instance, um, the language translation, there is a bit of that already in Word and in um, PowerPoint as well. But through Bing, you can translate. Through Quillbot, you can translate. And that's one great use for us in terms of the English language for the ESOL learners. There's also personalized learning where you can create information that is perhaps at a lower reading age than yes so you can differentiate in the classroom for different people who are at different levels of ability and you can use text to speech and speech to text then there's something actually that i find quite interesting is that you know the way that we talk and we tend to think of literacy as kind of certain people with certain levels actually this identifies that all of us are becoming literate because there's a whole new area, this area of AI literacy. So it is not as if we're talking only about people with lower levels of general literacy. We also now are talking about ourselves who have to upskill ourselves with all the new terminology, like the kind of the acronym GPT, generative AI, algorithms, large language models, all of this kind of thing. So it actually is affecting everybody. And um, the other thing that I have found quite interesting is for not only adult literacy, the literacy learner as such, but for further education services in the higher levels, for instance, to do a literacy, numeracy, digital skills audit of a module that I put in barbering at level five with the learning outcomes and a good prompt into ChatGPT. Now, I'd say Bing will do the same. And it asked it to tabulate it by learning outcome. And it actually did the hard lifting for me. So you can do that with any of the modules, really. But it's really helpful at the higher levels where very often the literacy skills are almost invisible 
because there's so much other information that you use the literacy skills to access. So it's helpful for the teacher then to be able to say, oh, they need to be able to summarize, they need to be able to understand EG and ETC and all of those things and understand the new vocabulary. So AI will help you to actually lift that to the front, um, that you're able to embed that in your teaching. Very good. And one final question um, before I move back to Amy and Susan. How are you supporting your tutors, you know, so that they can build up their level of confidence and competence around AI? To be honest, I'd say we're all learning and we're at the beginning of a journey. So there has been an in-person training for full-time tutors. There has been actually today we did a recorded lunch and learn that will be uploaded so that people can access that. So it's very much a learning. And I would see that there is probably a place for a community of practice in terms of different people doing different modules or exploring different tools in this field that they could use together. And I guess it's also the whole awareness of how do I feel safe in this space and how do I understand the bias that's built into all of this. It's in conversations that you raise your own awareness. And very often, educators are kind of by nature inquisitive. So we'll encourage each other to learn and become more skilled if we give them the space to do it. Very good. And I suppose the other thing as well is that, and again, my own background is primary, but I've been working in further education and training for a good few years, that depending on what sector within FET you're working in, that some of the examples are, they're more specific maybe to literacy or to a VTOS or whatever. So it's good to have that cross-pollination, but also it's good to be talking to people who are teaching in the same space as yourself. I'm going to go back to Amy and to Susan again on that. So one of the first tools that caught all our imagination last November was ChatGPT, Amy. And I think you mentioned to me that you use it quite a lot. And you've used it for interviewing and role play. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So if you have the right prompts when you're using ChatGPT, it can actually give you back. It'll give you the questions and it will give you time to respond. And then you can keep replying to the ChatGPT and it will keep conducting an interview with you. So we found that that was very useful as well. Another thing on ChatGPT that we found was very good was it can give you case studies on different topics. So I'm doing customer service with my level four and it was able to give me back a case study on Aldi in Ireland and give me sample questions to go with it as well. So we found that that was very good as well. Just again, I suppose one of the problems sometimes with ChatGPT and generative AI in general is that it can uh, make stuff up, can hallucinate. And did you find that the material that it generated in Aldi was, was good and was accurate and you could use all of it or most of it? Yeah, I found that it was actually very good when I was reading down through it. And I put in Aldi Ireland as well. And I said that I was a further education and training teacher and that my students would be researching Aldi. And the information that came back to me was actually very good. I had to change very Very little of it. Where do you see it going in the future, Amy, for yourself and your learners, just as we bring this to a, a close? I think it's very good for teachers, especially like teachers that are coming in now that are teaching say maybe new modules that they haven't a lot of resources on as like you could spend hours researching the internet using different websites trying to find your information whereas if you use ChatGPT correctly and you check your information to make sure it's accurate it can like 
make it a lot easier for you to find your information and put your resources together. And I suppose the same can be said for the students when they're researching their information. It's just great for them for the information to come back so quickly and then just to double check that it's accurate and that it's all okay. And I suppose once they reference it and make sure that they don't plagiarize the information, then it can be very beneficial in the classroom for both teachers and students. Susan, last word to yourself. I know that whole area of academic integrity has been something that you've been looking at in Tipperary ETB, and I know you've been part of this, and you were chatting to me earlier about Bing and how it does generate references and the numbers and all the rest of it. Where do you see all of this going in the future? Yeah, I think Bing and given the referencing, I do see that uh, students are going to use it a lot more, and I think we as teachers need to come on board with that and to maybe look at our assessment and to make yes. our assessment a bit more resistant to them just handing us up completely generated chat GPT or being generated work. I think that's kind of more the road we will be going down that it is here. We are going to be using it teachers and students alike and that, you know, finding ways to use it within our classroom to our advantage, especially in terms of assessment. In my own teaching, I've already started, you know, looking at ways that I can introduce it in my marking schemes Maybe is it that they have to hand up drafts of the work or, like Amy said, the ALDI example, ALDI Ireland, making it a bit more localized, you know, that they have to have reference to ALDI and Carrick and Shore and, you know, bringing a bit more local opinions and that into it as well, trying to make it resistant. So I do feel that that's the road we'll be going down. Yeah. And it sounds to me, and this was something that we actually talked about with somebody else in the further education and training space last December. It's actually forcing us all to rethink our assessments and how we're going to make them appropriate because of the tools that are available to our learners today. Uh, thanks a million, Esther, Amy, Susan, for your fantastic thoughts. We could have spent an hour, but we've spent 20 minutes, and I want to thank you for that. John Heffernan, last word to you. I mean, there's an awful lot of hype, John, about this. We were chatting earlier. It's reminiscent of the dawn of the Internet. Any other areas of concerns that you have that we should be thinking about and addressing as we prepare our learners to know and to use AI and specifically generative AI? I do think that the issue of a kind of an AI digital divide is is a very real one. Like I gave the example, I've been using GPT 3.5, but I haven't gone and and purchased a license to use 4.0. So the growth of AI is going to be exponential, which means that things are going to happen very, very quickly. And what I'm afraid of is that a lot of the useful tools will be behind a paywall, which will kind of prevent certain people being able to access it. So the tools should give access to everybody to, to achieve more. But if it's based on yeah. kind of paywalls and, and permissions and, and buying memberships and stuff like that, it's going to be a lot more difficult for people to work on a equal playing field. Yeah, and I suppose just on that, and it's similar to a number of other ETBs, you're already using, you know, you've, you've a license in the ETB for the Microsoft tools. So I suppose as we were chatting earlier, there's quite a lot of generative AI and AI built into those tools. And maybe rather than going off and trying to pay for other tools, we should maximize the use of the tools we have at our fingertips. Okay, thanks a million, everybody. And that's the end of our podcast. It's been fantastic to virtually visit our colleagues in Tipperary. Uh, I want to thank them sincerely for putting time aside to meet with us today. 
and I look forward to hearing more from them in the future. So thank you very much and we will share some of those examples in the podcast notes. Thank you.